Welcome to Inspired by Faith, a program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. This is a show to help you be inspired by your Catholic faith, live out the gospel message, and deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm Michelle Fanley, and I'm joined each week with my friend Emily Jaminette. We hope this show provides an uplifting 30 minutes to help you refresh your soul and strengthen your faith. As it was born out of our friendship, we hope it encourages you to deepen and develop your spiritual friendships with your sisters in Christ. Hello, Emily. Hello. I'm super excited about this show that we are going to dive into a not so deep topic, but very important. Absolutely. And the sun is shining here in Ohio. So it is a great day and spring has sprung. And we are going to be talking about hospitality and organization. Super important. This is something that I love the hospitality, but I struggle with the organization. And see, I'm the flip. I'm the organizer, but not so not so much into the, the hosting. So we've got some great um Words of wisdom coming to us shortly, but we always like to start with a little bit of scripture to, to dive into this topic. So we've got some quotes from scripture here that we're going to start with first with Hebrews. And it's written, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unknowingly. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. First Peter 4, 9. And then in Titus, we read, be hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. You know, um, one of the things that Michelle and I really enjoyed about hospitality, we've been able to go to a number of events over the years. Being friends in college, you know, there was a little bit lower expectation with college hospitality. But I, when we talked about the subject, it reminded me of the fact that when I got married back in 1998, my parents, we had a morning wedding, was convinced that after the wedding reception, everyone should come back to our house, anyone that wanted to come. And they had a whole second party, literally an after party. And um, that was a pretty special opportunity. It was all the leftovers, lots of fun, a couple of kegs of beer. And Michelle, what happened? I met my husband in the lawn. <laughs> I was introduced to Matt. You know, my friend kind of said, hey, Michelle, come on over here and tell me about your you know, your summer and she walked away and left me standing there. And exactly one year later, we got engaged on Emily and John's anniversary. So, so the gift of Joanne Wilson's hospitality brought brought me my husband. So that was a cool um, introduction to say, you know, hospitality, though, it is an important thing that we as Christians are hospitable and welcome people into our homes, into our lives, into our faith communities. Absolutely. So that is our topic. Tell us about who is coming. I know. We are so delighted to have our friend Catherine Whitaker join us today. She is the author of Live Big, Love Bigger, Getting Real with Barbecue, Sweet Tea, and a Whole Lot of Jesus. It's an award-winning book about living an intentional life. Catherine is a sixth-generation Texan who was raised as an evangelical Protestant and then converted to Catholicism on the eve of her wedding. On social media and her blog, Catherine shares her honest take on family life and living the gospel, all while drinking Dr. Pepper and cheering on the Texas Aggies. She's appeared on USA Today, EWTN, and TV stations and radio around the country, and she's a frequent guest on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM. Catherine and her husband, Scott, live with their family in Austin, Texas. So welcome, Catherine. Hey, y'all. How are you? Oh, it's so good to hear your voice. That wonderful. I love. I know I read somewhere you talked about you come with your, your real twang. So we're yeah. glad to have to hear that in Ohio here. 
No, it's not manufactured. It's really real. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when Emily and I started planning this podcast, we said, we need a guest that's going to make our listeners smile and laugh and and have a great time and a joyful spirit. And we knew you were just the girl. Oh, y'all are sweet. Although I'm feeling like I need to up my hospitality game because I've never had anyone meet a spouse at a gathering that I hosted. So now I have a new bar. I love that. You never know. You might have. Just you haven't, maybe you haven't heard that story yet. It's, it is. It was. It was a, a. It's a beautiful story of our Emily and I's friendship, and you know, tied into to the rest of my life. So. Well, we um, shared a little bit in that bio. You know, you were you're a convert. So, um, will you share a little bit about your story to the Catholic Church? Well, it really just started because I met a cute boy with blue eyes and big biceps, and he was Catholic. And I was like, "Oh, that sounds fun. What church do you go to?" But I grew up as an evangelical Protestant. We slitted around to a bunch of different churches, and I was baptized three times. And so Jesus and I were really taught, and it wasn't until I got to college that I met really my first real Catholic, and I met him on a blind date. And so I asked him, how do I join your church? (laughs) So we started going to church every once in a while together, and then I would go with my girlfriends who were Baptists, and I don't know, I think I just fell in love with the liturgy. That's really what it came down to, is I fell in love with Mr. Whitaker first, and then the liturgy second. And it just felt like the right thing to do. And we had a really gracious priest allow me entry to the church, which allowed me to be confirmed an hour before my rehearsal dinner, which is not usually the norm. But I got a lot of sacraments in 24 hours. So my first communion was actually on my wedding day. Oh, that's so special. That is a beautiful story. Uh, So you listen on your website, Hospitality is my middle name. So can you share with us um, how you live this biblical virtue out and how it impacts your faith and even your family and friends? Well, it really started with my mom and dad. I mean, they always had an open-door policy at their house. They were always hosting people. So as a little girl, I was used to holding the door open for guests, and so I grew up with it. And so when I built my own house and my own family— And my husband really kind of grew up the same way. His house was like the happening place to be. And I knew that if I fed people, that they would come. And that's come in really handy with teenagers. So I just really desire for people to have real encounter at our house. I mean, yes, I love the details, and I'm all into making things pretty. But ultimately, I want people to be able to sit on the couch, kick their shoes off, drink a beer, and stay a while. And so I think that that's where people get hung up on is they think everything has to be perfect. And I tell people the only two things that I do when people come over, we pick up the house and I make the boys clean the toilet and that's it. I don't, I don't vacuum. Like we don't do all the crazy stuff and you just invite people into your home to have an encounter. And it's, it's really opened our family up to some really amazing guests in our home because we are willing to just open the door and let people come in. That is so true. Just Open the door, right? Open the door. That's, That's just right. a beautiful little thing to remember. Now, what I loved about your book, Live Big, Love B- Bigger, um, I, I initially when I first read it, I thought, you know, you could have almost subtitled this, you know, Life Lessons Learned from Luke. And this is was a story about your your son, right, and who was born prematurely and how it changed your life. So can you share a little bit about that journey with our listeners? Yeah, so Luke was diagnosed as an IUGR baby. So layman speak, he just didn't grow well in my belly. And so at 36 weeks, we had to induce because he had stopped growing. But what we didn't know is that Luke was going to contract an illness called necrotizing intercolitis. So it essentially is a disease that eats away at your bowel, and once your bowel dies, it doesn't come back. 
So on day nine, Luke contracted that illness. He stopped breathing, and we had to resuscitate him and do emergency surgery, and he had a 2 in 10 chance of surviving that surgery. So over the next 44 days we spent in the NICU, he had more specialists roll in the door and four and a half years of therapy and 15 specialists and a massive journey of faith. And he was the big, he was the big tornado that hit our family and was like, y'all need to wake up and like really love Jesus in an authentic, real way. And we certainly loved God. I absolutely had a strong faith, but it wasn't really put to the test until we had Luke, and he transformed our family. I'm happy to say that he survived that surgery, and he is almost 12. He'll be 12 this fall, and he's a real stinker. So I'm so happy that he's part of our family because he absolutely enabled us to see Jesus in a real intentional and holy way in our family. I love that because it really sounds about like authentic living, right? Taking that step (laughs) and getting out of picture perfect or what, you know, that, but really being able to be authentic. And, you know, maybe could you speak to someone who um, maybe is in that moment of crisis? Uh, COVID has brought a lot of crisis to people's lives and kind of where we are. You know, is there, is there a way you could address them if they are in that storm right now? Well, I don't think it's unique to any of us. I mean, I think we're all grieving something. Some of us are grieving real life losses of people that we love. Some of us are grieving, you know, a job loss or an illness or something big. And a lot of us, I think, are living in crisis. I think we'd be kidding ourselves if we didn't say that we were. I think the biggest thing that's helped me is finding a really good girlfriend and having some real solidarity in that, in that particular relationship, but also being honest with my spouse and not hiding things from my kids because I think... I think the challenge of the 21st century is we think that we have to have it all together all the time, and we're unafraid or we're afraid to show people how we really feel, like how things are really going. And I'm learning with each child and with each crisis and with each historical moment that we live through, um, whether it be COVID or a massive snowstorm in Texas, that it's just better if you're honest with the people that love you the most. And I think that people ultimately at the end of the day want to help you through hard things. And we don't have to do it alone. So while I may be going through a hard thing and my girlfriend may be going through a hard thing and my husband may be going through a hard thing, we don't have to do it singularly. We weren't meant to live isolated. We were meant to live in community. And I think it comes down to us being really purposeful about the relationships that we nurture and being honest with ourselves so that we can be honest with God. Because until those two things happen, you can't have a real relationship with Jesus. It's just pretend until you get really authentic and really real with Him. And I love that how you talk about this intentional living, you know, do you have any other good tips? You know, and this is what you're kind of what you're the core of your book, live big, love bigger. Keep wanting to mix those up. (laughs) But, you know, what are some other, you know, things you talked about in your book about this, this intentional life? Oh, well, probably the biggest and the one that I think we all get trapped into, although I think COVID may have cured some of that for us, is we thought that we had to do all the things. And COVID showed us that we can still live and not do all the things. In fact, I'm seeing a lot of people not go back into the same life that they had before because they were like, oh, my gosh, that was crazy. We did what COVID did before it was cool. So we eliminated all of our activities with our kids. For We took a big six-month moratorium and, like, cut it all out and lived with absolutely no activities. And then six months later, we added them all back in. So I think that's my biggest advice to living intentionally is stop trying to do all the things and instead say, like, what's our family's mission statement? Like, what's our purpose? 
What are we trying for here? What does God want us to do? And then how can the things that we participate in really build that purpose, really lay that foundation? And that means that you're going to have to give up some really good things, but you can't do all the good things. you got to figure out, like, what are your top three or what are your top two? And do them well. Like, do them with joy so that when people look at you, they say, I want what they have. And ultimately what they want is Jesus because that's what's driving all of that. So I say just, like, clear your calendar a little bit. Like, get out the eraser or the, the marker and, like, mark through some stuff and give yourself some space to breathe. Amen. I mean, that is what I have definitely learned over this time. And, you know, oh, my gosh, we can have dinner every night as a family. And we can actually, you know, there's six people living in my house, and I actually see them, you know, every day, right? right? Because sometimes there was days that, you know, you like, your kid might have left before school before, you know, you got up after you left for work, and it came home late, and you have zero interaction with your family, because we're so busy running around. So that is really um, a great takeaway that everyone needs to if you haven't made those changes yet, it's not too late. Well, and make no mistake. I mean, I think all of us go through seasons where we're really busy. Like, we're getting ready to have a senior in a high school again. That is a busy season. And it's okay to be active and to be busy like that, but that can't be like your MO. Like, you can't do that forever. You have to give yourself periods of busyness, but also periods of stillness. And so I think it's the right balance. And the only way you find balance is by having a conversation with God about when and where to do things. And I definitely found keep the Lord's day holy, people. (laughs) You know what? We've had a great Sundays because we just don't book anything but mass and family time. So uh, I think that was my big takeaway. But I do love the next topic we're going to take on, Michelle. Organization. Yep, I need it. So, Kay, I confess to you and every one of my listeners, uh, Mrs. Chaminette has way too many junk drawers. So... What do you have to say to me? Well, I would tell you that our tendency is to just organize what we have so that it looks prettier, and then we think that we're doing a better job at organizing things, and instead not getting to the root problem of, do you really need it? Like, pull it all out. We we do this crazy thing. It's a 10-day whole house purge. I'm not saying that everybody has to do that, but maybe start with the, the part of your house that's bringing you the most stress. Like, is it the junk drawer? Is it the top of your desk? Is it the, like, Pyrex Tupperware drawer in your kitchen? Whatever it is, and, like, take it all out and look at it. Do I use this? Do I need this? And if you don't, get rid of it, donate it, recycle it, whatever, and then put it back in. And that's where the peace comes in is when you start finding, just like we have an intentional life, you need to have intention with the things that you use. And then when you organize them, you're like, oh, not only can I see that, but I use that, and therefore it's a good thing. So I think you have to purge it first, then you have to organize it. And I'd be happy to come organize it for you because that's where, that's my joy. So if you need someone, to oh, come next time you come to Columbus, I promise to open every drawer for you. (laughs) (laughs) And I would be happy to organize them all. And I would give you a beer, and we could, you know, talk and watch football. But yeah, thank you. Well, you know what my favorite Catherine Whitaker tip is? I actually think of you every day when I go to the mail, because I remember reading on your blog or, I don't know, Instagram or Facebook, where you said to go every day when you get your mail, you go walk to the trash can outside, go through your mail right there, put put the stuff you don't need right in the recycle bin and only bring in what you need. And I'm like, this is brilliant, because right, how many times do you bring in these stacks of mail and they're all over the house and all over the table? So that is my total favorite tip of yours. I just did that like probably about 10 minutes ago. We had just gone to the post office box and I did the same thing. That's so funny. 
Well, you are listening to Inspired by Faith, the program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. I'm Michelle Fanley, and I'm in the studio with Emily Jaminette, and our guest today is Catherine Whitaker. So, Catherine, we just want to have one last question for you. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you online and social media? Um, where can they hear, hear you, see you, read your stuff? It's super easy. It's just Catherine Whitaker TX, and I'm over on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. And then CatherineWhitaker.net is my website, and that's where I'll link all those posts about organization and hospitality. In fact, there's a whole tab just for those topics. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and please do come to Columbus someday. Yes, and I'll, you have the beer, I'll bring the organization, and we'll be good. All right, be perfect. <laughs> and barbecue. Yes, and barbecue, of course. <laughs> well, you take care. Thanks, y'all. Well, that was so fun. What a special soul. Um, you know, you know, Catherine is a friend of another friend of ours, a mutual friend. That's how we met, met Catherine. So it's been a blessing to get to know her and her journey and um, her great wisdom. And she has some great, really great things online. I really have always enjoyed reading her, her posts and her and her Facebook and Instagram. It's always uplifting and. You know, it makes me think about all the workers in the vineyard, you know? I mean, we're all doing our best. We all have different things in which we are good at, some areas that make it, we grow. You know, I'm not good at organization, but I'm getting better. I want to grow. So that's a huge, huge piece. And I think that, you know, Michelle, let's spend a few minutes just talking about this idea of hospitality because there is, it's so important. You know, there's many ways in which we can, you know, um, have that ability to show love to other people and how we interact with it. And I know that there's times I have totally stressed my family out because we're having somebody else over and they're like, why are we doing this to ourselves, mother? <laughs> like it's, you know, I thought this was a feast day. I thought this was Easter. You know, we are. So I think our attitude on how we approach something has a huge impact. Yeah. And I think it's so important to always you know, let your kids see and let your family see that you're open to hospitality. I know you're really great at it, Emily, always having people over, you know, like it was always spontaneous. I'd call you and be like, well, just come over, come over for tea. And it wasn't, I didn't expect, you know, scones and, uh, you know, a fancy meal or anything, just a cup of tea and company. And it was always so appreciated and so, um, you know, so many great faith-filled moments were in these little moments in the morning when we just, you know, our kids were little and the kids would play and we would sip tea and hang out. And like, I remember all those moments, such, such fondness in my life just to be invited and people want to feel welcomed. And that's how we invite people to the faith, right? Through hospitality. So Absolutely. invite them to your, into your home, into your, to a dinner, to something simple. And they see your authentic life, your authentic Christian life. Well, and I think that when we were talking about this program, it's a really important topic, right? It might not be um, something that's on the forefront of your mind, but it will change your spirituality when you open yourself up to hospitality. And it, I reminded you of one of my favorite birthdays at your house <laughs> when we had a special guest. Yeah, that was my, I think, 36th birthday. And we were planning the marriage retreat here in the Diocese of Columbus. And uh, we were having Father Leo Padaling Hung, who is, you know, a professional chef and has cooking shows on EWTN. And Father Leo was a speaker and his assistant reached out to me about a couple weeks before and said, you know, Father Leo would like to have dinner with a couple the night before. 
And I said, well, you know, it's actually my birthday that night. And so I was wondering if we could have the whole team that put on the retreat come over to my house and I'd invite a few friends and Father Leo, Leo he can come. No, we don't want him to do anything. We want him to come as a guest and just enjoy. So we had everybody come over and we, we have a pizza oven that my brother-in-law built and we started, you know, making the pizzas and I had everything all prepped and we were just about ready to start and I dropped the glass bowl with all the peppers in it. And of course, shattered over my concrete patio, you know, a million pieces. So there went the peppers. So I went inside to go chop up some more and Father Leo followed me in and he said, let me do that. Let me do that. You know, and I, he was dying, right, to get his, to start cooking. And it was like, I feel bad. You're supposed to be the guest. I don't want you to, I don't want you to cook. But he whipped up those, you know, peppers. And of course, I have like this electric stove. I'm embarrassed. This chef is using my, <laughs> and he says, the secret to making peppers is add a little bit of salt to them. It brings out the sweetness. So not only then did he whip up all the peppers, he made 26 pizzas that night. He cooked all night long for us. And I said, I told my husband, you could never top that birthday that you had a professional chef in our backyard making me dinner with all my closest friends. It was, it was so beautiful. And I think to this day, we all remember that evening with such fondness. And then we had a fantastic retreat the next day with our spouses. So what a gift to just, you know, open up your house. And, um, and now I got a special grace then for sure. Well, it makes me think of my mom would always say, have a Holy Spirit potluck, you know, because sometimes when you over plan it, it, it doesn't go so well, right? You know, you might have, you know, 10 desserts and one appetizer, which, you know, it's not so bad, honestly, 10 desserts and one appetizer. But, but when you say, let's do a Holy Spirit, you know, come up with a little bit of a structure and see what people bring. And I think that this conversation brings us to that place of hope, you know, as we're coming into this new springtime, coming in this new opportunity, there will be a time when we can gather. And for many of us, we've missed We've missed seeing each other. Last, you know, last Easter, we didn't have any, we didn't even get to go to mass. Nevertheless, you know, share that meal with people. So I'm, I'm super excited to, to get back at, you know, it, it, being able to host people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is such a, going to be such a joy. And you feel with the, the sun coming out and the hope is rising and we have the hope in the risen Christ here coming here. So what a beautiful gift. All right. So I have to ask you, Emily is such a, um, always so generous with, her hospitality, and I want to have to tell in a brief moment her her cake story because this is my favorite. Well, it's funny in um, Divine Mercy for Moms, we were talking about how mercy multiplies, and I told her this story, and Michelle was laughing so hard when I'm like, "Well, there was the time when I went to a baby shower, pregnant with like my fifth or sixth child. I can't remember. That's kind of bad, but the detail was the the bride was saying that she didn't have. Um, she couldn't really afford a professional cake. And she was like, we're just not going to really do cake. Cake's not that important. And out of my mouth, I said, well, I'll make the cake. Like, I don't even know the bride that well. I was really more friends with the mom. But you know what? Um, I can't believe I said it. I came home. I told my husband, he's like, are you serious? Like, did you pray about this? I'm like, it feels right. I think I'm supposed to do this. And um, the journey went on to say that I realized I couldn't make all the cakes, but my mom did go to a garage sale and she got four round cake pans for 25 cents. So she's like, Emily, I think it's the sign you were waiting for. So we got the cake pans, we pulled it together. But what I did, Michelle, is it might be cheating, but I think it's Holy Spirit. I asked different people to make their favorite best cake. So I assembled 
We ended up getting 12 cakes. These 12 cakes were all different, made by different people from different homes. They were all the be- their favorite cake. I, I would say, what is your the best cake that you could make? And they would all say, oh, this recipe that came from my grandmother. So they all made cakes. I, I got it all coordinated. And then it dawned on me. I have to decorate cake. Like, I've never decorated cake before. And so then my husband's like, you're really in a pickle, Emily. Like, you should just fold the cards. This is super stressful. You've agreed to make cake for a wedding. Now you have to deliver these cakes. I said, Jesus will provide. I know. I I promise I will not do this again. I'm not starting a business. I'm in a pickle. But um, honest to God, I was at a kid's event. And at that kid's event, another mom literally pulled out her flip phone. So I'm a little dated in the story. And she showed me that she was taking cake decorating classes. Random, never knew that what I was in. And my jaw dropped. She's a professional kitchen. And I said, can we come and decorate cake at your house? And she's like, that would be so great. So we went, I collected all the cakes, we decorated them the day before. And her husband even had an extra minivan so he could transport cake. (laughs) So all the seats were out. He drove them to the reception. And you know what? It reminds you that when you step out into hospitality, especially for the Christian community, great things happen. Now, there is no cake business in my life, but it's sure made for an amazing memory. And I'm glad that mercy does multiply. Amen. And I heard that the cakes were amazing. Even the catering staff commented yeah, that was how great the best they were. Part is I was super pregnant. Our second pregnancy story of the day. Well, um, in the ep- another episode. But the truth was, I did... The, the cake staff stopped me and they're like, are you the cake lady? And I'm like, well, kind of. And they're like, that was the best cake we've ever had. And I said, because it was made by the Christian Catholic community. And that's the truth. Amen. And I love that story. It's such a beautiful way to think of how we should be hospitable in our church and gather together. And yeah, if you can't do the event, then have your friends help you and and come together as a, as a community to, to support and to invite, be inviting. Right? Be inviting. And you know what? Sometimes you have to come to other people and share your need, right? Like if that bride would have not shared that, I know that that story would have ended really different. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what a gift it is to talk about this beautiful topic of hospitality. We are going to close here with a little prayer for hospitality. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, give us the eyes of Jesus to see our neighbors and the strangers we meet. Teach us what it means to love the strangers as we love ourselves. Forgive us for our selfishness, for our silence. Lord, give us the eyes of Jesus to see our neighbors and the strangers we meet. Teach us what it means to love the stranger as we love ourselves. Forgive us for our selfishness, for our silence. For not caring enough for the strangers who come to our communities. Teach us to love and care for the stranger the way you do. Amen. And we thank you so much for joining us today at at our program Inspired by Faith. We hope you have enjoyed the show. And if you want to learn more about the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, visit us at columbuscatholicwomen.com. And our blog is inspirethefaith.com. May God bless you today and always.